0: What Radio, the music you want. With your host, Keyes Dan. It's official. I'm a fat loser. RadioWhat.com What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com DJLittleRock.com coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? djlittlerock.com one more time djlittlerock.com check availability and get a free price quote and maybe you could have me at your next event you know I like to party with the people the people need to be entertained are you not entertained let me entertain you make your next thing a big one speaking of entertainment today on the program I have Drayden Gordon Uh, excuse me Let me, uh, let me change that Colonel Drayden Gordon He's a singer songwriter out of Kentucky. And we're going to find out a little bit more about this singer songwriting sensation from Kentucky in the next few minutes. So stick around. This week's shows, I will be at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. My usual Friday night gig, the video dance party karaoke jam. Yes, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show every Friday night at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. R-A-B. It's the three letters you need on a Friday night. 8.30. No, 8 until 12.30 in the AM. They got a full kitchen. Uh, The bar is open, pool tables. Oh, my goodness. Uh, They got a pool tournament on Friday night. So if you want to try your hand at playing pool and possibly make some money while you're waiting to sing on stage, come on out to the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. The stage is yours. It's a little concert starring each and every one of you at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Friday night. Uh, I'm there at least 50, 50 weeks out of the year. It's so good, my Friday night gig. And then on Saturday, Saturday, ooh, I got a wedding down south, uh, down in, uh, I think, in the Hot Springs area. I'm so excited. Weddings are back, baby, like they never left. I get to be a part of people's big day. And unless you're invited, you cannot come. I only mention it because I'm excited to be at a wedding and do, and do and be a part of the big day. I appreciate that so much. When I say the big day, does that sound corny? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I heard it coming out of my mouth. It's your big day. (laughs) Like I'm the maid of honor or something. (laughs) Or the best man. Has the best man ever said, it's your big day? Hmm, I don't know. I digress. All right, that's enough intro. Let's get into it with Colonel drayden gordon i got him on the skype so if you're listening to the audio version i encourage you to check out the video version on my youtube page youtube.com forward slash user forward slash keys dan (laughs) skyping colonel drayden gordon now How we doing now? There we are. There There we go. go. Oh, my goodness. Drayden Gordon in the house. Man, you know, I was debating on whether I should put the the Colonel title on the front uh, of your on your screen. Is, Is that an actual title? Is that something? Wait, I, I've known of some f- famous colonels. I was p- thinking of some in my head. Uh, Colonel Tom Parker of Elvis, only because I just saw Elvis biopic, uh, and Colonel Tom Parker was played wonderfully by Tom Hanks. And then uh, Colonel Mustard, uh, you know who did it with in the uh, kitchen with a with a uh, candlestick in your yes, famous sir. Clue game. And then of course, you know, the the late great the the probably my favorite colonel of all time, Colonel Harlan Sanders of Kentucky yes, Fried sir. Chicken. Bona
1: fide right there. Yes, sir. It's it's the same I'm the same kind of colonel as all those all those other colonels right there. It's the uh it's a it's an honorary thing bestowed by the state of Kentucky. First of all, let me say thank you so much for extending the invitation to be on your program. Um I've been looking forward to this ever since uh, Jill Jill got a hold of me and booked this. We've been uh, been very excited about it. So thank you so much,
0: man. I appreciate you so much. You know, it's nice to have young talent. You're 17 years old. Come on, kid. Uh, 18. You know, how, 18 now. Finally. Yes, All right. Now, now we have to change the bio over and over and over again as years progress. Mm-hmm. Yes, you were a singing sensation <laughs> at, at 17. You, you know, you were a wunderkind. Uh, already well, playing already playing like like you were seasoned, like you were an old man, like an old soul, like like your grandpa or even your great grandpa kinda snuck into your body and took over just a little bit. That's when well, I listen to that, you that's a good chance
1: of it maybe, but I I've been in this thing for a long time, you know, buddy. I, I started on stage when I was two years old. Uh, clogan actually like I said I'm 18 now so that gives me about
0: 16 years experience I reckon <laughs> well Drayden I mean you know this the way you sound the way you act your demeanor you know whenever I, I I've been you know of course I'm looking at your YouTube videos of which there are many and I I want everybody to go to your social medias and find more about you but you know on top of that I want you to want them to go to your spotify's and your and your various uh, links I think there's a a link tree I'm gonna put at yes. the bottom of this yes, to make Make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of a drayden gordon because you're going to want to by the end of this conversation you're going to want to know wait a minute I, I, this guy all right i remember rick ashley rick ashley probably not even 20 years old and he's saying never gonna give you up with that big <laughs> bounding voice and back in the 80s when i was a kid when i was in high school we heard that song on the radio, and we thought, oh, this guy, he's probably, you know, thir- in his 30s or, or 40s, very seasoned, you know. And here's this little redhead kid, looks like Howdy Doody, and, yeah. and sings with a big, gigantic voice. Look at you. You're a cowboy through and through. Remind, <laughs> re- reminded me of Hank Sr., uh, you know, maybe Roy Rogers, maybe, uh, you know, uh, just the... Just the it may, even Tom Mix, you know, even the 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 old cowboys of yesteryear, and then here you are. You're a youngin', man. Where did all that come from? It's got to be upbringing.
1: Well, I, I think a lot of it's upbringing. A lot of it's been uh, been a lot of the music that I've been listening to ever since I was, you know early enough to listen to music, <laughs> you know You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I've always had a whole lot of respect for the classics and the tradition and the way that things kind of come about. I've, I've kind of been considered in to an extent a little bit of a music history nut. I love the old style, the old ways of doing things. I ain't saying there's anything wrong with the new stuff, but don't get me wrong there, but I always love that old stuff, that old style, old tradition.
0: Well, I mean, you look at the, the classics, even classical music, you know, Tchaikovsky and Beethoven and uh, Rachmaninoff, all these people were putting notes together in a certain way that lasts the test of time. There's a reason that we're still thinking of Hank Williams songs and songs from the 30s. You know, uh, you, uh, what, what is it, that old brother, Where Art Thou? That had yeah, one, one of the best soundtracks that I've heard in a long, long time. And all these songs were written So many years ago, even though the the movie was set in 1933, I think You Are My Sunshine was the only one that was really out of order. I was 1935, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. That that sounds something about right. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the only one that they really got uh, wrong in that. But listen to that old timey stuff. You know, even, you know, I've been through my my share of churches and I go to an old Baptist church and listening to that old timey gospel music when it's done just right oh my goodness i don't care i don't care what religion you are it's got to hit you you know when i hear um i'll fly away or or oh my gosh that's my favorite for sure but you know who's who's turning you on to the old-timey music uh you know when it well yeah that that? old-time
1: music's really a soul thing when you dig back down into it it's what touches your heart what touches your soul and all that good stuff um you know, up the road from where I live was really the first experience that I had with bluegrass music. There's a community center up the road. They'd have they'd have entertainers there. Uh, I believe it was every week, if not maybe every other week. Um, and I remember going up there and hearing all these bluegrass entertainers and stuff and watching the folks get out there and dance. When I was about two years old, I got out there and I started dancing with them. And... Uh, at that, at that age of two, one of the one of the bluegrass pioneers was playing at one of the at the, one of the events at that show up there. Melvin Goins was his name. He uh, was one of the founding members of the of the Lonesome Pine Fiddlers and some, and used to work with the Stanley Brothers. But. Um, he was up there, and he pulled me up on stage, you know, and that was that really got my first first start in bluegrass music when, when I was two on stage. Started singing on stage when I was seven. Uh, coincidentally, in his show, I, I was he he was uh, very very kind and allowed me to go out on the road and guest with him on several several shows. Most of them, really, from the from the time I hit seven until. His passing in uh, 2016, I believe
0: it was. Amazing to have a mentor like that, somebody who's been in it so many years. Now I'm getting an idea by it, whether it's in the blood or you got it by osmosis, or you got it uh, through contact. Uh, I think that's I got it
1: through contact because about anybody in my family, will tell you, they can't carry a tune in a bucket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have a magic microphone. I've been a, a karaoke DJ for the last few few years since I got here to Arkansas. I'm from Miami. Miami, you know so i didn't okay. do a lot of, a lot of karaoke down there but now i'm in yeah. arkansas married a hillbilly i'm in the deep south uh, she's <laughs> wonderful she's got a great family and i'm learning so much about these blues this this gospel this uh this soul uh, of country music it, you know the real deep down roots of it i mean i, I think uh, the kids call some of this stuff red dirt and then there's uh, delta blues and then there's you know there's different kinds of country uh, but what would you consider your kind of country and who who I, I know i've asked you this several times and you've answered it uh, certain ways but i want to know who bought you the records or who turned on the radio to the right station to affect a colonel drayden gordon as a young lad
1: well, well absolutely um you know i've been inspired by so many great artists uh, i remember like you said um the, who bought me the records? Well, my grandparents loved it. My parents loved bluegrass music. Uh, they all loved it. They just couldn't play it, you know. And that, that is really what my sect of country music is. Is bluegrass is over there in the more hillbilly-fied version, I guess some folks want to say. But it's a, it, it's a, it's a whole lot of soul. And a, you know, I was up up in the north country one time. I won't say what state. I was up in the up in the north country, and a uh, feller asked me what I did. I said I'm a bluegrass musician. He said, "He said y'all all that whiny twangy stuff." And I looked at him and I said, "Son, it might have a little bit of wine, it might have a little bit of twang, but it's a whole lot of heart and soul." Well, you got uh, to take it. I probably shouldn't have said that to that man. He was one of the uh, one of the mob bosses or something like that up there. But.
0: <laughs> well, sometimes when it's described as, as whiny, twangy, that from from a, a newcomer, stereotype for sure. Yeah, for, from a newcomer's perspective, you know, a, a bluegrass music can be a lot of things the bluegrass there could be original bluegrass music but then there's bluegrass music where it's all cover songs sometimes Man, when i'm sure. feeling feeling my oats and somebody says uh, hey what kind of music you're going to play today you know when i'm doing the dj thing mm-hmm. i'll say uh you'll find out and i'll play <laughs> all kinds of covers oh, but yeah. in bluegrass style is that oh, something yes, that absolutely. you're into or are you doing mostly originals? Are you writing your own songs? Tell me about the Drayden Gordon experience.
1: Well, absolutely. I do a I do a huge mixture of both. I do a lot of old tri- tribute. I guess you could say tributes to some of my heroes, the covers and things like that that I've uh, that I've grown up listening to, so to speak. But I I I do some songs that I have written. Um, some of the more um, country laid back, you know, numbers that I have written. I've written hundreds of songs, uh, some of which I'm sure nobody will ever <laughs> will ever hear if I have anything to say about it. But um, I, do, I write all the time and I, I enjoy writing, but I also enjoy doing the old songs, the old styles, you know. And when I write, a lot of what I write is in the old, old style of writing. It's not, uh, it's not so progressive, I'll put it that way.
0: Okay, you mean, all right, the old style of writing to me is taking uh, a page that has the uh, the bars on it, and you're writing all your little notes and notations. Oh, God, no, I
1: can't read music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not enough to hurt my music anyways, I'll put it that way. All right, maybe it's a little
0: <laughs> newer style, using an app, or, or is there? Well, no,
1: I, I just, what I mean was I meant the music and the melody is more of an older style rather than so elect- electronified.
0: Okay, I mean, do you feel like uh, electric electric... Right. I noticed you play most of the time, if not all the time, whenever I'm watching your videos, you're playing an acoustic guitar. Have you picked 95% up... 95% of
1: the time, there's been a couple of times I've dragged an electric out there on a different kind of show that wasn't you know quite the normal show that i do or something but most of the time it's acoustic it's it's bluegrass it's laid back classic style country traditional style country i've got nothing against any of this other other types of music or anything it's just that's the kind of music that i grew up with It's the kind of music that i enjoy playing
0: well that's where you're at right now and you're like i say you're a young man and people's uh, people's brains don't even form fully until they're about twenty five years old. So I, who knows what the future is going to hold for Drayden Gordon? You may, oh boy, look uh, out you now. You know <laughs> if you're if you're open to to people collaborating with you. Oh, uh, absolutely. There, there may be somebody that comes at you with a little bit of a different. Hey, I like your style. I like the way you pick. I don't play guitar all that well. I've had mm-hmm. guitars, but I look at the way you, you play guitar and you go back and forth while you're doing your strumming. And it's a neat, a neat style where you see where your strumming hand, your right hand is going back and forth rather than up and down. It's it, it, it amazes me to watch your fingers a, as they do their work. Uh, who's teaching you how to play guitar? And who's buying you your first guitar? Are you going out to make the money to buy your own guitar? Who's getting you the instruments?
1: Well, absolutely. Um, my first guitar, I believe, come from my grandmother. I, I short, I, Like I said, I started singing on stage when I was seven around the age of 10 and a half, 11, or something like that, I taught myself to play guitar. I, I had taken some lessons. I couldn't figure out a dead gum thing. I took it home, and I set it under the bed and forgot what little bit I'd learned, and a little bit later, a couple months later, I pulled it out and said, I'm gonna teach myself to play this thing, and by God. Three months later, I was on stage playing that guitar.
0: Well, I mean, if you're, if people uh, have questioned whether you've been doing this uh, this long, Uh, All they got to do is go to your YouTube page. Oh, yeah. You you have videos.
1: There's there's things back there they're holding for blackmail and ransom, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's videos that are six years old, and you had to be Mm -hmm. around 12, 11, 12 years old. You're Mm -hmm. holding your own with some seasoned players. you got a full band behind you. Oh, You're, absolutely. Are, are yes, you,
1: sir. I've, I've been very fortunate to be able to work with a lot of my heroes. Like I mentioned, you know, Melvin Goins and uh, fortunate enough to work uh, four times beside Dr. Ralph Stanley on stage before his passing. Uh, Larry Sparks, Marty Rayburn, a whole lot of those great, great heroes of mine that I growed up listening to, that my parents growed up listening to and grandparents listened to for so long. You know, I, I, I really when I say that I feel like I'm living a dream, that's the truth.
0: Well, I'm glad you're giving credit where credit is due. I love it when people give shout-outs because we cannot do this all by ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, people see the singer on stage doing his thing, and yes, that's where you have your time to shine. You got your guitar, your solo on stage, spotlight is on you. But to get to that stage, to get to the level that you're at, you had to have some help. And I want to thank, um, uh, Jill Santa Banez and, and TJ Cates over at, uh, Nashville oh, entertainment yes, for, sir. for putting this together because they, man, ever since I got to know them, uh, they have done nothing but wonderful things for their artists. People that are, you know, I, I couldn't absolutely. say you're just starting out because you're already, all right. Two years old, three years old, you start and seven years old, you're actually singing. And then by 11, you're fronting a band so uh yeah I, I don't think you're just started you already have some some uh experience under your belt so uh, what kind of events are are you doing uh that that uh, the, the one that i saw the the 6 years ago looks like you're at some kind of a a stage performance uh, what what kind of event was that
1: well, you know, I'm I'm not exactly a hundred percent sure which which event that you're talking about, to be honest with you. But you know, I'll, I do all kinds of, of of events. I do a lot of bluegrass festivals. I do a lot of uh, different different types of music festivals and things of that nature. I'll do fairs, street fairs. I will play churches. I've played bar rooms. Uh, just a little bit of everything. You know, I have. I have no uh, no preference, or I'm not picky about where I play. I'll put it that way. Well, Drayden, I enjoy I enjoy the audience the same everywhere that, that I'm fortunate enough to go.
0: Well, Drayden I, 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 um I know that you mentioned that you learned your craft and you started entertaining just a few uh, miles away from where you where you are right now, but really didn't mm-hmm. go into where you are. You're in Kentucky. Would yes, you sir say, by
1: god kentucky oh my goodness because
0: <laughs> you yeah, right, people All right, if you got grass in, in your front yard chances are it could be kentucky bluegrass and that's a that's type a good of chance maybe that's a type of grass in your front yard but it's named because kentucky bluegrass because bluegrass comes from kentucky is that right well, that's the way i understand it you know Um uh, the music
1: bluegrass comes from bill monroe of down over the western end of Kentucky, and more of the actual blue tinted grass that you see on the ground. Some of that is over more towards the western and central end of the state. I'm over here in eastern end. I'm almost to West Virginia.
0: <laughs> okay, well, and I'm looking at that video. It was at the Mountain Arts Center. In okay, yes, a big
1: theater downstate, just a little ways. Big, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was a uh, that was a packing show, I believe. There was uh, Ralph Stanley the Second and Melvin Goins, and uh, Maybe, maybe dr Ralph Stanley if I'm not hundred percent sure, so, you know that's that has been some time back
0: <laughs> no absolutely for sure that was uh you know at least six years ago and you <laughs> already remember it see that's that's the thing is when you get a show and you put all your heart into it it, it sticks with you you know the many events that I've been to I remember at least a little something about each and every one of them. And if I meet those people that I was playing with or playing for or playing alongside, I'm going to remember that event. I'm going to remember how it made me feel. Tell me about, you know, the audience and how it makes you feel. And do you get to, to interact with the, with the audience afterwards? Or do you, do you have a merch table? I think that's, yes, absolutely. Um,
1: it, you know interacting with the audience and the audience thing I'll go back to that and then I'll get to the merch in just one second here but uh, you know going back to the interaction with the audience and the the kind of things with the audience I w- I've always said that um, you know if I can't sing a song that either I can relate to or the audience can relate to there ain't no use in me doing this I might as well just pack it up and head on back to the house and put it back under the bed because um, you know, it, it it has to come from the soul. It has to come from the heart. What you're singing about, you have to know what you're singing about, and you have to be able to sing to relate to your audience. They're not going to go out and buy your music if they don't know what you're talking about, and I wouldn't want to sell it to them if I didn't know what I was talking about. So,
0: but as a young but man, it, it, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. As a young man, how do you have this soul? This. This old soul. I mean, what kind of experiences have you had? Because most of the time it's you've gone to school. And what were your favorite subjects? And did you take uh, I- English and Spanish and uh, reading and writing, writing and arithmetic? And did you uh, y- you said that you didn't take really too many formal lessons? So I'm guessing you're not a band geek. Did you play football? what What was your What was your thing in school?
1: Well, you know, I, I attended a very small school, um, and I when I say small, I'm talking about kindergarten through 12th in the same in the same building. With about a hundred students in the whole school, you know, we're a very rural part of the part of the state over here. Um, but so we didn't we didn't have a football team. I did play some basketball back in elementary, and I played baseball. I played soccer. You know, I played the different sports and things. But really, when it comes right down to it. I, I would find myself, and this sounds funny, especially back in middle school or something, I would find myself missing practices, missing games to go play a show, by golly. <laughs> and that's when I realized, you know, I said, well, I've got a lot better shot making it uh, in music, and I enjoy playing music a whole lot better as a fat boy myself going out there and playing music than running up and down the court.
0: Well now you know your priorities and you've had those yes, priorities sir. for the longest time. I'm a city mouse, okay? I come from Miami, Florida, and the Florida Keys. That's where Keys Dan came mm-hmm. from. So I had millions of people in my as my next-door neighbors. And then here mm-hmm. I come to Arkansas, to not just Arkansas, but one of the smallest towns in Arkansas. I got 511 people in this town, and as okay. heehaw, as one of my favorite uh, TV shows of the 70s, uh, late 70s, early 80s, Hee Haw would have said, Salute. Salute. <laughs> That's right, 511 <laughs> strong. you know. But tell me about your town. Uh, you'd be on the well, Tourist Bureau, and what town is it?
1: Well, we're just a little bit bigger than that. A um, little town called Grayson, Kentucky. It's not too much bigger, though. Um, where I'm at is what, what we always refer to as a very musically, culturally rich area of the state. This is over here in the eastern end, of course, I'm talking about. Um, from the other end of my county, see, I'm in Grayson, the other end of my county is Olive Hill. Olive Hill is the hometown of Tom T. Hall. About 10 miles my other direction is Sandy Hook, Kentucky, the hometown of Keith Whitley. If I look the other direction to the other county, Boyd County, that's the hometown of the Juds, Billy Ray Cyrus, and so many more. Um, so, I mean, we, we, we have, we're, I'm very close to what they call the Country Music Highway, U.S. Route 23 goes down, uh, goes down through southeast Kentucky and eastern Kentucky, and kind of, uh, you know, puts puts some of those artists that's come out of these hills and hollers on the map. I'm very proud, very fortunate to be uh, be from Kentucky, and like I said before, and I'll always say it, I'm a very proud Kentuckian. Um, yeah, that goes back to the colonel thing. I was 12 years old when I become a Kentucky colonel. Uh, the, the governor uh, was kind enough to sign off and make me a uh, make me a colonel, and um, that was uh, that was one of the, truly one of the highlights of my life was becoming a becoming a Kentucky colonel. Like you mentioned, Tom Parker, you know Colonel Sanders, so many others. Uh, when it goes right down to it. you got uh, even people like Betty White and Ronald Reagan. Uh, I think I think even Barack Obama maybe you know and some of the astronauts, different astronauts they were they have been uh, Kentucky colonels. So that, that all goes back to the, the, the part of the state here. It's very culturally, rich state as far as the arts go you know we may not all be formally educated in music and read the notes and stuff but i think a lot of the folks here have it right there where it counts
0: well i mean i i looked it up of course i did ann margaret mm-hmm. ashley judd tom smothers uh wayne gretzky is a kentucky colonel Wayne Newton, absolutely. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Winona Judd. There's so all the mm-hmm. Judds are Kentucky yes. Colonels. I okay yes. at 12 years old. How do you get that honor? Because you know I figure a colonel, if they're in the military, they're going to be in their 40s. That's just under mm-hmm. a brigadier general, okay, yes. and just above a lieutenant colonel. So you're you're already seasoned. You're getting into a supervisory position, but at 12 years old, who you know, this governor says. Look at that young man down there. I think well, I, he deserves. I, I, it, what? it
1: all starts. You have to be in order to be a colonel. You have to be nominated by another colonel. Um, so another another colonel actually up in Ohio nominated me to uh, nominated me to the governor, and he was uh, he was kind enough, I guess, to say, "Well, this boy, uh, he, he's a he's a Kentuckian." and uh, I've always been proud to help the state out whenever I can. I've done a lot of I've done a lot of shows here in East Kentucky and all over the state. Really, I travel all over the United States, but I've I've always been very proud of my heritage of Kentucky, and I was very thankful that he signed off for me to be be a Kentucky Colonel, especially that young. You know, that was that was really a thrill.
0: Well, giving credit where credit is due. Do you remember the name of that Colonel, or do you, do you want to divulge? Yes,
1: that was uh, Cor- Colonel Nor- Norma Ashcraft out of Dayton, Ohio, I believe.
0: And how did she become a colonel?
1: You know, I'm not 100% sure how she became a colonel. She has been a bluegrass music promoter for years up in, in the Dayton, Ohio area. I actually worked a show that she uh, put on back uh, last month, I believe. Um, it, she's been she's been in the bluegrass scene. I've known her for a long time.
0: Well, it's fascinating to me with traditions uh, like that. You know, you, you hear of knighthood in the uh, in England, and I, it's about
1: the it's the it's the Kentucky's ver- equivalent, you know, of getting knighted, I guess.
0: That's what I would imagine. And I figure if you're a colonel, you're going to wear that with pride and you're going to take that to heart. And it's going to change the way that you deal with other people whenever you're in a public uh, uh, crowd or even in private. You're going to be thinking what? a different kind of way because you've been bestowed that honor. Is that right? Well, you know, it it is an honor, and I'm
1: truly fortunate to, that I am a colonel. But I, I'm still the same as anybody else. I'll say this. I'll say this right here. It ain't never got me any discounts at the KFC.
0: <laughs> no, but even so, I'm saying it's going to make you a fine, upstanding citizen. Right. You're going to think twice before you you step on that side of the line. You know, you're gonna mm. you're gonna walk down the narrow path. You know, just as the same as as somebody who takes to heart, you know, their church upbringing, what their moms and dads tell them, you know, what you know, whatever beliefs you may have that keep you on the straight and narrow. When you get bestowed an honor, it, it gives you a sense of, of purpose. And I mean, is there any is there any uh, is there a colonel uh, 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 clubhouse, a lounge, a place where you wear your jackets and you go off and uh, play parcheesi?
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't know per se about a clubhouse. I believe that I believe the colonels have a special uh, booth at the Kentucky horse races. I've never been myself, but um, you know, it, it's just kind of it's kind of something you know that you, you you run into another colonel. They have colonel license plates and things like that, you know. Um, so, uh, which um, I don't have, but I, I do plan on getting one very soon, maybe. But. <laughs>
0: kid you don't even have your driver's license you're so young no i'm kidding man. i'm kidding <laughs> just
1: barely just barely
0: <laughs> no that's fantastic well what well, i mean well when, okay do you drive yourself to gigs or or do you oh, have a most, tour bus uh, most
1: most of the time you know dad took me to the gigs to the shows for a long time and um uh, now that i'm able to drive i i do most of most of most of the driving unless i have somebody going with me or something i'll be up i'll be driving to uh, michigan next week for a show so uh Heading up to North Country there, so, and uh, I drove down to the other, uh, or sort of towards the other end of the state uh, just uh, last week, I believe it was, played two days at the Kentucky State Fair, and we always have a big time down there, so.
0: Well state fairs are a wonderful thing too. I just saw man who was it? It was it it might have been Keith Whitley or something was playing at some country uh, some state fair that had been going on for 70 plus years. State state fairs are a staple in small towns. You know, whenever a, uh, and you know even you know it, football games, state fairs, the things that bring small towns together. I know in in Key Largo, there's not even, or in the Florida Keys, there's probably ten thousand people in the whole on the whole island chain. But it, you know, the Upper Keys had one high school, and my brother was on the football team there, and it was a real small high school. But every Friday night when it was football season, you would find the whole city, the whole Upper oh, yeah. Keys. At that football game. Everything's closed. I don't yeah, all the tourists are out there going, How come everything's closed? They're at the football game, and yeah, you better exactly be there right. too. You know, I mean, the other
1: thing you have to look at. Now, I know you're from Florida, and that's a little bit different. From but from up here, you know, there's not a whole lot of tourists.
0: <laughs> but you, yeah, I mean, just the way you talked about the uh, the highway, the blues highway, <laughs> the the musicians that came out of that place. You make me want to go on the what makes you famous walking tour of uh, hey. of Kentucky, of Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky. You you make it. You make it some something that, that people need to come and see as there's still a big all right, do you generally stay in your hometown, in your area, and play clubs, play local clubs in, in, in the area? You know, there are, there are some shows
1: that go on locally, but there's really not a whole lot anymore. Um, I, I spend most of my, most of my time on the road, you know, I do about eight or nine different states usually you know that's somewhat close of course we're talking about indiana ohio michigan uh west virginia virginia tennessee pennsylvania different states you know that's that's, uh, alabama georgia that's somewhat close you know and but uh, i do travel all over which i which i thoroughly enjoy i love being on the road but um <clears throat> excuse me, but, um, no, there, there's not quite as many, uh, places around here as what there used to be. Even when I started at seven years old, you know, singing. Uh, unfortunately we have lost a lot of those clubs and those uh, places. And, uh, of course the uh, COVID-19 didn't help that cause any either.
0: Well, Drayden, did you, all right. You, did, have you graduated high school? Yes, sir. And, and what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, now, are you planning on going to college?
1: Well, I don't have any real real plans of that right now. Music uh, keeps me very busy. I do about a hundred shows a year. Um, I was doing a hundred shows a year, too, while I was still in high school, which was, uh, uh, you know, you play hooky from high school and you go play a show. <laughs> Well, I mean, of course, it's nice. I, I, do, I do have a day job. I will tell you that I, I do have an actual uh, non-musical job, even though it is still somewhat musical. I'm a uh, disc jockey and a news anchor on two local radio stations and a television station. So
0: that is fantastic. People don't know. Okay, I've been uh, a terrestrial DJ over the years on okay. and off since 1986, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, the the DJs. All right, and you may you may be one of the one of the difference one of the one of the special few, but most DJs don't make a million dollars a year or a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, they don't make more just a little bit more than minimum wage. What you do get from being a, a DJ or a television personality or a local personality is the notoriety you get mm-hmm. to people hear your voice on the radio, which by the way, you do have a wonderful voice. I'm, I'm glad Thank that you. you are using it, putting it to good use, but people hear you on the radio. They like your style and they go, Hey, why don't you come perform at our club? That's where you can make yeah. a little bit of extra cheese. Okay, mm-hmm. so yes, I enjoyed working on the radio because that afforded me to go to the weddings and the parties and the yeah. and, and being parts of the and being the MC of events. You know, on other times, so being on the radio. When did that happen?
1: Well, you know, I, I I was looking back at the calendar just the other day trying to figure it out, and I believe I started in August of last year. So I've been on the radio just a little over a year. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that that was was truly a childhood dream. I would be six, seven years old, having YouTube pulled up or the radio or something, and I would would be in my own mind, in my own world, you know. Well, that right there was uh, Linda on my mind with uh, Conway Twitty, you know. You're listening to whatever radio station call letters I had made up in my head, you know, and... I'm Drayden Gordon, you're listening to da-da-da-da-da. You know, it, it really was a childhood dream, and I'm I'm very fortunate. I love what I do. I truly do.
0: Well, I'm sure that there's a WHAT somewhere, and I, I think I looked it up at some point. I don't know if it's still out there, but I've called my online radio station, Radio What, and I'm proud to have Drayden Gordon as, as part of the rotation on there. You, your songs are fantastic. But let Thank me get you back so to th- much. I
1: truly appreciate people like you that, uh, that are kind enough to air my music and other independent artists' music. Y'all are what uh, what keeps us thriving.
0: Well, over the years, I want to get back to this radio station thing because it's really connecting me. It's really making me homesick for being on on terrestrial radio. When I first started on the radio, it was A tracks, it was cassettes, it was barely CDs, it was two turntables and a microphone. I had two technique mm-hmm. uh, turntables sitting here in front of me, and I had cart machines. Yeah. It, it, and then over the years, it became more and more digital. So that reel to reel would go off to the corner. Maybe go to Studio C or D if yeah. there was enough room, or just go to the closet. Uh, you know, reel to reel splicing, cutting. You know, how, how much of that is still in the radio? Is it all digital? Uh, you know, or do you still have eight track carts that you that you put into the into the machines? Or do you have? Do you still play records? Or do you still play CDs? How, how much is analog and how much? Is well, you
1: know, our, our, our station is, uh, is a little bit nostalgic. I guess you could say we, uh, we don't, uh, we don't still use the cards. Of course, most of those have worn out by now, but, uh, it, and a lot of the music does come off a computer. We still do use the CD player from time to time about, about a year and a half, two years ago, I believe they took the, uh, took the turn, the turntable out of the, out of the studio. It had, uh, it wasn't, it didn't work at the time anymore, but I, I really, I, you know, I wish that, I wish that I could go back and relive those days, you know, of the carts. And I've, I've heard the millions of stories, of carts and the record players. Of course, a lot of folks don't know what we're talking about with carts, but it's almost like, a, like an eight track tape really that uh, you'd record your commercials on and then you'd record over top of it and different songs and stuff. Um, but no, uh, we're still using an old uh, RCA DX 77 microphone. Uh, much like the one in the picture behind you there you know it's it's been there since day one or day two or something like that you know but uh our, like i said though our station is very nostalgic i mean we're still we're still on the air and we're still doing it the old time way some to an extent you know as much as we can and still keeping up with the with the uh with the day-to-day news we report local live news and stuff um so it, it truly is, you know, a, it's a fun experience. Excuse me, I'm getting just a little bit dry
0: now. <laughs> no, that's all right. If people uh, think that radio is dead, it certainly is not dead. That's still where you yeah. get your news. That's where you get your local news. Mm-hmm. All, all, the, uh, all the papers, all the newspapers where I used to go and grab a, a newspaper on the way into the morning show, every morning, 5 a.m., I'm stopping at the local convenience store, grabbing a newspaper rolling in getting on on the on, in, behind the mic by 5:30 yep. a.m. and I'm reading off the news letting people Absolutely. know the news of the world that is what stays connected is the the terrestrial radio the local radio station that's what's going to keep you connected and the local TV station for that matter you know absolutely but tell are you what what what's your time that you're at these different stations
1: well you know i both stations are in the same building it's uh, the station the original one was wgoh and it's still on the air and then there's another wugo um, out of grayson kentucky uh, my times vary i'm more of a news anchor but i also do some disc jockeying the uh, rotation varies quite a bit you know as as i'm sure that you're you're aware of being in the radio business that uh, i'm usually a lot of nights is what I'm on but last uh, two weeks ago I believe it was I filled in on that morning shift and oh buddy that's a whole different ball game right there
0: <laughs> it is because you're <laughs> you're in charge of waking people up sometimes you're the uh, alarm on their alarm clock and you're saying mm-hmm. good morning Kentucky good to hear you good to yeah. see you here's a great song for you you know just to wake you up this yep. morning and you, you and they're playing Drayden Gordon song hey have you, had to, have you gotten the opportunity to play your own songs on the radio you know I
1: I have and I don't I don't usually play my own music. I'll usually, you know, give the opportunity to somebody else. Uh, I don't want to hog up all the airtime or anything, but uh, I, I I've had a couple of times I've had people call in and request it, you know. So I, I try to keep the people happy, I guess you could say,
0: well, I mean people <laughs> any uh, anybody who who had some kind of uh maybe thought it was nefarious where you you set up somebody to call in and request your song. <laughs> no, no, hey, next time no. you're on the air, I'm requesting a Drayden Gordon song, right? you know, I want to hear it. <laughs> oh no, right
1: we'll have to I tell you there there are a few people that will uh, We'll call and request uh, relatives and things like that. But I can't say that that's ever been my case. It's usually just been different fans or people that know me through uh, through uh, just knowing me. I guess you could say walking down the street or knowing my music or something.
0: Well, the nice thing that I liked about being on the radio was I got to break out songs. People would bring me their CDs. Oh, yeah, yes. You heard back in the 50s and back in the 60s and even into the 70s. Uh, people would come from the record company and slip the disc jockey a couple bucks. Uh, so they can play the music, that's called payola. That's illegal. You're not supposed to do that anymore. But, you know, if if the radio station is open to it, you can send them your CD so their um, music director can listen to it and say, mm-hmm. you see if it matches uh, the type of format, type of programming. Uh, the stuff on radio, what, that, uh, that I play, it's the stuff that I like. I'm the music mm-hmm. director. If I like it, I'm going to play it okay and people send me music all the time but that's that's something that you get to do uh, you know I, and we'll get back to your your soul your guitar your musicianship I, i'm i'm talking radio this is where i'm connecting i'm having a good time talking absolutely, to you about absolutely yes being sir. On the radio. this is what
1: i love talking about radio <laughs> yeah
0: but i mean what, what are you said you're on tv as well
1: well it's it's a small local uh, cable access channel you know um it's um it's more of a voice thing. It, it broadcasts what's also on the radio, as well as commercials and different things like that. So,
0: well, yeah, I it's think-
1: all it's all in the same building. The station's been there since uh, nineteen and fifty nine. Uh, still using some of the mics that have been there since day one. Uh, it's a very historic <laughs> station, you know. Tom T Hall was a disc jockey there for a little while. Uh, Keith Whitley and Ricky Skaggs used to have a show they'd come in and sing around the microphone on the radio and we've had some different uh, di- uh, different news anchors and disc jockeys that went on to work for CBS or ABC and things like that and of course nowadays we have brought we have brought a little bit of that nostalgia stuff back we have a new. We have a show on the uh, on the air now that uh, people come in and they sing around the microphone like the old days, you know, once a week, and uh, we book and book different people in there. Um, I always tell them it's like. Uh like that scene from Old Brother Where Art Thou? just sang around the can.
0: <laughs> no, and back uh, back in the day before records, before uh, recorded music, you had to have live shows. Absolutely. The Grand Ole Opry was live all the mm-hmm. time. And I don't, I don't remember who it was. I just heard a podcast about it. I don't remember if it was Bing Crosby or who was it that used to do a show. Oh, my goodness. Used to do a show on the Grand Ole Opry. He recorded that show. And then play the record for the West Coast because he had oh. to do the, the originally you had to do the show twice. Mm, yeah, you know?
1: and, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I would get. I would guess probably somebody like George D. Hayes or somebody like that if I had to guess one of the original uh, uh, announcers on the Grand Ole Opry.
0: Somebody, but I, you know the people on the West Coast were getting a, a recorded yes. uh, a show, which at the time. Didn't sound right, and you know, I hate to, I hate to give credit to the, well, the to the Germans after World War II. That's where the recording devices came from. You know, mm-hmm. they, the technology, wars. Uh, you know push technology forward sadly I don't want wars yeah. just for that reason okay but uh, you know it, it pushed technology forward people were able to record things people were able to to push things further or their voices further uh, you Absolutely. know AM a, a. radio pushed further uh, but um, technology is is just wonderful you know and I was talking about tape and I was talking about cart machines the last station that I worked at in Miami uh, well one of the last stations was WVCG it was the oldest station in Coral Gables, and that one probably started back in the late fifties, early sixties as well. Mm-hmm. And they had microphones that were that you could tell had mm-hmm. been used at least since yeah. the seventies. They were yeah. uh, electro uh, e, EV twenties, and right now I'm using a uh, a Sure SMB seven, yeah. which yeah. is you know the best mic uh, out there right now, arguably. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you know these mics.
1: There, there's a certain nostalgia when you get around that old microphone there, yeah. and you. You come up and you push your live button and say, well, a great big howdy to your friends and neighbors and welcome in to today's program. You know, there's, there's a certain nostalgia in that. It's an old ribbon mic, what we use live on the air, one of them that's been there since day one or two, you know. And if you look down in it, you can see how brown it is inside because back in those days, you know, he was allowed to smoke in the station and things like that. And. Uh, they always talk about the nicotine down there in the uh, in the <laughs> microphone and I'm not advocating for cigarettes or anything but I think that the uh, I think that might have give that microphone some of its tone
0: <laughs> you know it's the same thing with guitars and I know you've been playing your guitar for a while and you know when you pick up a brand new guitar from what i'm told it sounds mm-hmm. it doesn't sound the same until you put your fingers on it put your oils on it mm-hmm. kind of like uh, okay all right going back to reading a bible you know you put your hands on it reading a yeah. book that's what keeps your the leather it's a, warm. It's a it's hands on, it's a hands
1: on thing, um, and uh, you know, it, there's there's wonderful new guitars. There truly are, but uh, a lot of those old guitars, there's truly what I what I would say uh, are great. You know, have the tone, they have the quality. They were built so well back then that they have withstood the test of time. Um, I was fortunate enough, one time I was in uh, Get guitar shop down in Nashville, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Mr. Bruin George, he uh, let me... uh, look at and play some of the guitars that he had in there. Of course, I'm talking about guitars that belonged to Mother Maybell Carter, Johnny Cash's guitars, John Denver's. You know, I'm talking about these old guitars. Remember, one of them that I played was an 1898 Gibson handmade by Orville Gibson himself before the Gibson Company ever was put into business. Now, you talk about some some guitars and some instruments that have stood the test of time. Um, you know, and maybe the guitars that they're making today will stand the test of time, but you just have to wait that 60, that 80 years to see how they're going to sound.
0: No, that is amazing. You played an actual Gibson touched by the hands of Gibson. What? Yes, sir. How amazing is that, and I, I I'm guessing back then it wasn't an electric guitar, right? could not have been oh
1: no, sir, it, <laughs> like I said it was built in eighteen ninety eight so right. it it kind of predates common electricity
0: <laughs> I mean there was but, electricity uh, back then, but you know it wasn't as common as as the way uh, Edison and Tesla and and uh mm-hmm. you know general electric and all those all those fine people did uh put it put stuff together but I uh, think
1: that was possibly the most nervous I ever was to play a guitar. You know, I thought, my God, what if I drop this thing?
0: <laughs> no, and did you feel it? Okay, all right. People, I don't know how much how much I believe in energies and, and the world uh-huh. surrounds us. And, and, you know, you stand on a certain stage that has been stood on by so many different people, and you sense the ghosts or the energy or the spirit of, of people, you know, a spirit, the energy, mm-hmm. the power. Uh, Do you feel it when you play uh, an older instrument or when you play on a stage that has been played for, you know, by how do you feel when you get on an old stage?
1: Well, I don't I don't know so much about the uh, the, uh, you know, the thing, the energies, like you said, but I I certainly can feel a great sense of respect for that instrument, a uh, great sense of respect for that stage. I was fortunate enough last year to play at the Ryman Auditorium um walking out on that stage standing of course i'm talking about where the grand old opera used to be held out there at the Ryman the mother church of country music what they call it but uh, just to walk out on that same stage that elvis presley hank williams johnny cash all those guys i mean if you if you go back and and really read the history on it elvis presley got booed off that stage hank williams you know got fired from that stage johnny cash walked out there and he kicked out the footlights because he was drunk one night
0: well, I figure um, you know I'd liken that to the, uh, the 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 Apollo. If you're not great, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if the audience doesn't respect you, uh, you know, there's different stages all over the country and even all over the world that are like that. You got you know where the uh, the performer is beholding to the to the entertainer. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. scary stage to get on when you know that the possibility mm-hmm. of that might happen. What was your experience yes. when you got on that stage?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, it, that was that was truly a very humbling experience walking out there even going out there to do the sound check i was shaking in my boots i'll never forget it you know and then to come back going out there to do sound check in that empty auditorium of course we're talking about the Ryman auditorium and the acoustics in that place it was it was originally built as a church where some of the great uh, great preachers like charles Spurgeon preached years and years ago I mean in the acoustics because it was built before they ever had microphones to put on stage so it had to have the good acoustics and I mean just to hear that echo back at yourself and I mean it, it like I said it is it's truly humbling um, like um, I guess you could say ancient tones is really what it is and I you know going back to what you brought up just a second ago about the uh, about the old Bible the old church and stuff, that that is really where I draw a lot of inspiration from is the singing from those old churches. Going to, going to church and going to reading out of the old redback hymnal. Well, I always tell folks, and I'm probably doing it right now. I say I'm kind of long winded. If I get too long winded, just rear back and throw a redback hymnal at me, and I'll hush you up real quick. <laughs>
0: No, and I, I think about the churches, those were the recording studios of yesteryear. Some of the best Boy, acoustics, some of the best uh, churches. With your bounding voice, with your big bounding voice, have you ever thought about doing like stage shows, musicals, stage plays? Because I'm sure you could hit the back of the audience without a microphone if you had to. H- have you thought about taking your act as an actor?
1: Well, you know, i I uh I'll be honest I have uh, acted a time or two in a couple of high school plays never was too good at it you know I'm 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 uh, more myself than I can be somebody else you know but there you you know when you talk about not having the microphones there have been certain shows where I have showed up and something's gone wrong, something, there was miscommunication somewhere and there was no sound man. Did a show for the University of Louisville a uh, couple weeks ago, we had no sound system at all. I stood up there and I hollered at them and they they received it very well, very warm. Did a show back in, in the spring up in Ohio um, with Ronnie Stoneman, the great Ronnie Stoneman from Hee um, and We got to the show, and five minutes before the show went on stage, five minutes before the show started, electricity in the entire town went off. We had no electricity. It was in a big high school auditorium up there in Ohio. And uh, I stood in the front row and I sang very loudly.
0: (laughs) Well, how about that for the advantage of having an acoustic instrument? You know, you have the the upright bass, the banjo. I'm looking at, uh, you know, there's the, the okay. What are the different instruments that you have to have to be a bluegrass band? What constitutes a bluegrass band?
1: Well, I think generally, you know, you've got your banjo, you've got your guitar, your fiddle, your mandolin. Uh, upright bass or electric bass an electric bass can work and on occasion some some artists will uh, carry a snare drum and even a a dobro you know but you don't have to you don't really have to have all of that to be really bluegrass a lot of times i do just an acoustic show me and the guitar um and it's still bluegrass it's it's uh bluegrass and country isn't a whole lot different some of the old country songs you're able to work up and make them sound a little bit more bluegrass or something like that but you know that's that's generally what constitutes bluegrass is it's not quite as heavy as country it's more of the more script down down to the roots it's not quite folk music but it's you know it's it's more down to the roots part of of the soul and the music
0: well, I mean, I already mentioned that reggae, I mean, uh, that bluegrass can be changed. Uh, that can, you can make any pop song into a bluegrass song. I know we used to do it down in the, in the islands, in the keys, in the Florida keys yeah. with reggae music where you take, uh, you know, uh, pop songs and make them into reggae songs. You know, it's just a, it's a thing. It's so much. It's, it's fun to take a song that's already out there and change it. And turn it into something brand new. You know, I I know that in Miami, I used to take, uh, you know, any song, country songs, rock songs, R and B songs, and turn them into electro techno songs. You know, when I was playing, when I was playing on the beach, but tell, I mean, are you strictly a guy that gets in into his car and flips on the country station, or is there anything else that's creeping into your head that's maybe influencing you a little bit?
1: Man, I'll be honest, I listen to all kinds of music. I, I you know some of them, a lot of them I like better than others, but I can draw inspiration from any kind of music. I mean I can draw inspiration from a soulful soulful sounding Adele song the same as I can, maybe an old church hymnal or something. you know, maybe not it's not really the same, but you can still look listen and appreciate and draw that inspiration.
0: Well, I mean, anybody that watches the, the new Elvis movie, and I know that's stuck in my head, the Baz Luhrmann uh, version of Elvis, he they t- kind of stylized it where he's listening to an old blues song and then across the way, there's a a church playing gospel music. And then he's halfway between listening to the blues, listen to the gospel, listen to the blues, listen to the gospel, and it kind of blends together. You know, this is you know, bluegrass has its roots. I mean, how how long ago would you what would you consider as the the first bluegrass? Is it Bill Monroe? Is that is that what you're saying? Is is the well, first bluegrass? Really,
1: the first bluegrass was Bill Monroe. It come from a derivation, I guess you could say. A mixture, really, of Irish music, folk music, and even progressive jazz and country music of the day. Of course, I'm talking about the late 20s, early 30s. Um, you know, it, it, he took, really, the instruments of folk music and the instruments of Irish music and put them into the rhythms more along the lines of jazz and uh, things of that nature that were more popular in the bigger cities,
0: See, now you're making me want to go back and listen to some of that Bill Monroe music. Mm-hmm. You know, I know everything is out there on the Internet. Everything's on YouTube. And, and if you want, I, I would
1: recommend a wonderful documentary. If I, if I may, it's a uh, uh, country music. It was a uh, documentary put out by Ken uh, Ken Burns.
0: Ken Burns is amazing, man. Everything he touches. You know, if he puts his mind to it, it's going to be a good, a good documentary. You're going to get some, some history lessons learned. And I've learned a lot from you, Colonel Drayden Gordon. Man, I, I appreciate you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate that. Man, now, now that, you know, it's, I guess it's about time to wind this thing down. And I don't want this to be the last time that we talk as time progresses. I want you to come back and chit chat a little bit more and tell me about, you know, catch up and, and find out what's going on in the world of, of, Colonel 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 Colonel, Great Great Drayden Gordon I I love it man I love that you're a Colonel I love that you that at such an early age you were recognized you know somebody said that that kid's got greatness that young man he's got greatness and 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 you it's been recognized and do you have a a certificate or a pin or a badge you said you have a, a possibility of license plates
1: well, yeah, I've got, I'm actually, I've got a big old certificate hanging on the wall downstairs with, uh, you know, it's a big old plaque about, about yay big or so, you know, and, and actually I'm a, I'm, I'm a bonafide Colonel because I'm a card carrying member. I've got a, uh, they send me a new membership card every year. Um, the Colonel's really though is, is more than just the prestige. What it is, a, a whole lot of it is, it's a nonprofit organization that goes to help a lot of the different uh, charities and good good uh, organizations within the state of Kentucky. Any money that goes to the Colonels helps helps a, a nonprofit or an organization that might be struggling here within this state. So, Well, that is it, good it's, to really know. It really is. It's, it's, a, it's, an or, it's a cause that is near and dear to my heart
0: see these are these are things that people need to know uh, you know what the kernel is what it does is it more than just a title yeah it is it's more than mm-hmm. a title it's a community or um, uh, helping out your community and that's what we need to be doing anyway in this crazy world of ours is helping out the people around us you know yes you can look at the 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 high ups the executive branch the 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 people that are hanging out in washington but you got to take care of the people in your own backyard absolutely once you get yourself in line then you try to take care of your neighbor you know your family then your neighbor and then it branches out from there into concentric circles right
1: well, you know, it's it's like Ernest Tubbs said, be better to your neighbors and you'll have better neighbors.
0: <laughs> I like that so much, man. Oh, that could have been the last words for the people. No, I have. I I, I want to wind this thing down. I know I've taken some time. I I do want you to come back. Uh, let people know if there's any shows that are coming up. How, uh, you know, you want people to get a hold of you or and also give shout outs. Um, to the people that have helped you along the way, you've already given a few shout outs, but those three things, and then we'll do some last words with the people after you're done with that.
1: All right. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, my music can be found everywhere that music is available on the, on the interweb world right there. Of course, we're talking about Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon, all that good stuff. And the list just goes on and on and on. It's on more things than I care to understand about. But uh, it's just Drayden Gordon on there. Of course, I've got an album out that was released about two years ago called Echoes of Tradition. I've got my latest single out called um, Soldier's Story. So you can find me there. You can find me on social media at Instagram and Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube um, at Drayden.official. It's the same thing on all of those things. We tried to make it real simple. Drayden.official. I've got a website, DraydenGordon.com. Um, you can find me on there. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always always open and always looking to uh, to do more shows and to add uh, maybe the next maybe your your show or something, you know, next to, next to my calendar. Whoever's out there listening, hopefully hopefully the listeners might have enjoyed you know our conversation tonight. I know that I thoroughly have. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your show. I'd love to come back sometime.
0: And you're tick man that my brother just got me into that TikTok. Oh my goodness. I don't want another social media, but here I am doing it. Uh, you know, getting out there now you're talking about these social, uh, platforms that are, that have your music on there. Are you really making any money on there or is it merchandise? Can, can people go and find the merchandise online and buy it from you?
1: Well, you know, with, with any of, of these platforms like Spotify or iTunes, and I'm not just downing one, I'm downing them all, really, when I say this, there, there's very little money to be made on any of those. You can go and ask some of the biggest artists in in music industry today, you know, you can go and ask Travis Tritt or Hank Jr. or somebody, you know, they're you're making pennies really compared to what you what you make when you sell an album a physical album or a t-shirt or a cup or stickers or whatever that you have most most of that kind of you know of course uh, being on the road you get paid to do the shows and different things and your appearances but merch is a lot of a lot of where that uh, that in a an artist's revenue comes from i would highly encourage i'm not i'm not throwing this out there to saying you have to support me or anything but support your local artists support your independent artists out there go out and buy their buy a ticket to see their show buy, buy one of their cds a shirt a cup something like that that they're selling you. you will uh, you'll you'll certainly help your artists because without the without the local artists without the independent artists really so much of uh, so much of a a whole different category of this world really just kind of dies off without that uh, that down home independent artist and, and that can be in country that can be in pop that can be within any genre of music I would just support I would highly encourage anybody to support any local artists they can
0: well you're very sweet Drayden Gordon and and me thank you as the uh, the podcaster I'm gonna say everybody go support Drayden Gordon just throw a dollar at him Everybody, if a million people throw a dollar at him, he'll be doing just fine.
1: (laughs) Hey, we wouldn't mind about that too bad, would we?
0: all right drayden gordon i just like to finish these things off with last words for the people this could be words to live by something you heard a long time ago uh, maybe a mantra you wake up with every morning or whatever pops into your head at this moment in time colonel drayden gordon give the last well words for thank the you
1: dan i want to say once again thank you so much for allowing me to be on the program and as far as last words go uh well how about how about i close close out with saying the same thing that I close out every one of my radio shows with keep your grass blue and your hearts true. That's all folks.
0: Well, there you have it. Party people, Colonel Drayden Gordon, a bona fide Kentucky Colonel touched by the governor of Kentucky and made into a Colonel. That's so cool. That is so cool, the history of that. Man, I learned a lot of things from Drayden Gordon. That was cool as can be. I learned about, man, I want to go to Kentucky now. I think I've been through Kentucky, you know, maybe on uh, on a highway going from uh, east to west or north to south or cruising through, but I don't think I've spent uh, any great length of time in Kentucky. Now I want to know. I want to know about the history of the, the various places in Kentucky. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness thank you so much man i appreciate that so much and you've been touched by greatness you've had some great mentors uh you're you're bona fide, man you're, you're uh, drayden gordon you're you're an actual uh true to life bluegrass country singer i appreciate that so much man i mean i saw the videos i saw how you present yourself on the on the videos but you're you're a nice young man and um and i'm glad to know you i appreciate that so much thanks thanks for being on the what makes you famous podcast hey i encourage you uh, my listener to find Gr- Drayden Gordon on all the various socials there, i mean there's a linked a link tree you know the linked uh link doc tree thing uh drayden gordon and you could find all of his uh various links on there but um, i have it in the show notes so find it there that's pretty good Ah, that's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Man, that was good. What a nice young man. And history, a lot of history. You can tell he has a a love for, uh, for the history of the music, of the business, of the of the thing that he does, the blues, the bluegrass, the Kentucky bluegrass. <laughs> All right, that's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Now, if you, yes, you, my loyal listener, if you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email keysdan at aol.com. That's it for me. It's keysdan, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. and follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash KeysDan. Email info at radiowhat.com. What What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of KeysDan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes the price one pays for pursuing any profession or calling is an intimate knowledge of its ugly side james baldwin the music you want radio what's.com hey keys dan what you doing my line i'm playing the best music by request 24 hours a day, click on the request tab at the top of RadioWhat.com RadioWhat.com